Welcome to the Overcomers Unite podcast, where we believe that struggling well and overcoming are essential ingredients in your leadership journey. We share leaders' stories of overcoming to encourage and inspire you to keep pressing on. I'm your host, Grace Esther. Today, I have the honor to introduce you to Paris, who is a first-generation American. She shares her powerful journey with us today. Without further ado, here is Paris's story. Welcome to Overcomers Unite. Today, we have a very special guest, Paris Dawkins, and I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear her story, hear her background, and really get to learn from her life. Could you share just a little bit about yourself, Paris? Yes, of course. So um, I am a first-generation American. My family came from Jamaica. Um, Basically, we've had to really adapt to American culture throughout our entire life. But um, one of the biggest things that's impacted me is is never losing sight of what my family has taught me throughout the way. And I've luckily been able to find and grow up in a community that's had a lot of students and peers who are similar to me who their family are also immigrants and and we all bonded in that way um I grew up loving soccer and playing that my entire life um played it until college and college was like a a big uh, breaking point for me as well and learning period as well and um now I work in New York City well Technically, I used to work in New York City. As, <laughs> now I work from home. Actually, I, I lie. I'm sorry. COVID. A, Thanks, COVID. <laughs> as a digital strategist, um, which is a fancy name for a social media uh, expert, but I'm really excited to be on here today. Yes, I'm so excited to get to hear more of your story and learn more about you. So I I want to start with like you and your family immigrating to the U.S. So how old were you and what was that process like for you? What feelings were you having in that process? Yeah, so um, ironically, I was the first one born in the U.S., but my family, obviously, they came here not too long before then. Um, But I think that even though I was born in the U.S., I feel like my my association with Jamaican mm-hmm. culture has always been very strong. Like in my household, we speak our, our na- native mm-hmm. uh, vernacular wow. and we still cook foods that are Jamaican. We still like, embrace culture that's Jamaican. So it's always been a big part of my life and I take that everywhere else I go. Yeah. Um, and it's been difficult for everyone, I think, because as I'm getting into high school and getting into learning more about college, there's still some things that everyone's still trying to figure out. Um, how am I going to do when I'm like living by myself? Or like, how do we manage student loans? Or how does this work? How does that work? Everything's very new. And I think it's just been a learning period as a lot of uh, families who have immigrant households as well. It's a, everything's a learning period. Yeah. So I, think that's just been like a a a fun interesting part (laughs) yeah 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 like FAFSA FAFSA and all of the pieces like I can talk today all the the pieces that go into college like navigating that um Mm -hmm. is confusing (laughs) (laughs) yeah even um when you know the hoops that you're going to jump through I feel like it's still yeah. And so to not have a context for it, I feel like that would be challenging for sure. So then how many, so you're the first one born in the U.S. How many siblings do you have? I'm an only child. 
<laughs> but oh. I have a lot of cousins too, and then out of all, a major, all of my cousins, especially those that are older than me, they were okay. born in Jamaica too. So Got it. it's like kind of like I'm like the guinea pig, and you just figure it out. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think a lot of my, especially like my younger cousins, I have a lot of cousins for some reason, but <laughs> they've had like a, I think they have had a similar experience too. So um, yeah. we, we relate in that way. Yeah. So then. Um, was soccer kind of something that your whole family did or was that like something specific that you kind of stepped out into? So soccer is something my entire family loved. Um, I I feel like it's connected, especially in Jamaican culture too. It's like very big to just debate about and, and, and like, it's, it's obviously competitive. So anything that's competitive, Jamaicans are like all for, (laughs) but um, I think it's, it's like deeply rooted. And I love that sharing that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, within soccer or being a first generation American, um, or in your experience as a, a woman of color, like, was there a time in your life where you felt like, man, like this is really hard. This shouldn't be this way. Um, this is really a struggle for me. Um, and in that time, what was going on for you and how were you feeling? Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think one of my biggest turning points in my life was going to college. Mm-hmm. And I fortunately grew up in an area of Raleigh, New Jersey, woo, yeah. uh, where uh, uh, there's just so much diversity. And we lived in this like little happy bubble where everyone just like loves each other and, and all different shades and races and ethnicities. And then when I got to college, I realized, okay, the rest of the world isn't like this. And I hate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was really tough for me for my freshman year. Um, I think one because um I was the only black girl on my soccer team mm-hmm. so um having to trying to relate to everyone in the sense that they can't it's it's just obviously hard to fit in when everyone else is similar and you're not yeah. and that was my first experience ever having that because normally I could fit in I I, I mesh into any like yeah, circumstance yeah. but when I was at school I always felt like um I was exiled or no one really mm-hmm. saw me for who I was um I mm-hmm with and, and personally I feel like I was like um kind of pushed away from bonding with the rest of the team um they were bonding with a lot of other uh athletes and on campus and mm-hmm. I was ignored I was um I don't know just secretly ridiculed I just felt like a lot of that was uh, just all, all built up yeah. and um yeah, it was it was a very tough point, but I think yeah. the turning point for me was getting to my junior year when I really found finally settled and found my friends and mm. found people who loved and cared about me, and that gave me more confidence. Yeah, yeah. And so then, what was that that process like for you in going from not being known, but then also being in the performance culture, right? Like when you're in sports, you need to mm-hmm. perform. Also, school, you're a student athlete you're needing to perform there. And it's like something I've noticed is when we're known, there's like this ability, I don't know, you'd feel more, just feel more confident. So like, what was that transition in coming into college being like, whoa, this feels not good. Like what was, what was that, was that two years like in getting into that place of being known? Um, I think it really uh, played a lot in my mental health. I Mm. would say, I think, 
uh, obviously once your confidence is reduced, you start to overthink a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't performing well on the team and everyone started blaming it on like my lack of ability, but I knew in my heart that I was able to do something, but it mm -hmm. just like, because I was always felt like I was unseen and because mm -hmm. I was always sad or upset that it yes. always affected my performance for at least two years. Mm -hmm. So even when you see or look up my st stats online, it's, it's just nothing for the first two years. And then like mm -hmm. at the end, it's kind of just see like you could literally, if a curve were to sh be shown, you could see the improvement. But uh -huh. I think um, my improvement came when um, I finally felt like I had an ally on the team. And I want to give her a shout out because she is one of my, to this day, she's one of my closest friends, Meg Sullivan. And mm -hmm. um, when she joined the team, I feel like I finally found someone who like understood me, who was there yeah. for me to talk to. And um, I got the confidence I needed to be a better player, to perform mm -hmm. well on the team that a lot of people didn't yeah. see beforehand. Yeah. Wow. So then how... How did you guys begin to like grow in relationship? Because I think it's really important for people to hear like how, like, how can we come alongside, especially right now with the culture, like how did she come alongside in stepping into your world? Like what things she, did she do? How did she show up for you? Um, I believe like, well, so she transferred um, from Temple University and I, as the first day we met, she was already engaged in like what I need, what, what I had to say, what I, mm. what my thoughts were, what, if I want to do this, if I want to hang out, if, if I enjoy this song, if I don't like it, like she was just obviously just trying to get my thoughts and opinions that I feel mm. like no one had in the past yeah, and, yeah. Um, and no one no one thought to that they wanted to hear me because yeah. their thoughts were their opinions were different or they they yeah. felt they couldn't relate to me but yeah. uh, she was uh, from the start she was always engaged and always mm -hmm. asking if I'm okay if like everything's going well how are you feeling and that was extremely supportive and helpful yeah I love that because I think that that's something that all of us can learn from in stepping into conversations with people who are not like us and listening, right? And I feel like that's such a good ex example for um, for like myself and like our listeners to hear is stepping into asking questions, to being engaging, to, yeah. to listening. Yeah, and not yeah. I I love that a lot. That's really good. So then. As you've been in the U.S. as a, a Black woman, how have you been able to care for your mental, emotional, spiritual health in the midst of kind of like what you experienced in college from your uh, freshman year to junior year, even going on into the workforce? Like what have been some things that you've been able to, to do to be able to care for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I it's it's still like an ongoing process, especially learning about yourself, and that's one thing that I feel like everyone forgets about like mental health. It's a, it's it's all about knowing who you are and what mm -hmm. makes you feel good. And I was I've done a lot more reading. I've done a lot more meditating. I've done a lot more talking to friends who have different uh, opinions and and than mine, um, mm -hmm. on how they cope with certain things. And finding what works for me is really important. So I've learned that connecting with friends and making sure that, that like I'm still like laughing and still. Um, doing something that's creative is is best for me while for others it could be like disconnecting or or writing or something that's it's, it's a little bit more it's like solo time but I really do like just 
being around people who have like similar mindsets than me. Um, so that I know that I'm like not alone in certain situations so that we can all like laugh and, and kid around together, but essentially bond over certain things. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I, I love that you brought up both like taking space away and engaging because I feel like for different people it's different but also it can be different seasons for people too which I feel like is is so good so then currently our world is crazy right now we have corona we have all of our uh, racial issues that are elevated coming to the service right now there's hornets somewhere I don't know where those are but there's just a lot going on so Wait, we're still hiding from the hornets I so I was at the store yesterday and I said, I said something about the Hornets and they were like, don't jinx it. They're going to come here. And I was like, okay. Uh, So, but like with all of that, um, how, like, how are you feeling? What, um, what are you wanting for other people to know or be able to step into, to support dignifying other human beings? And (laughs) And like how, yeah, how, what, what are your thoughts on, on that in the space that we're in right now? Oh man, it's a tough one because I'm still trying to find ways to support my own friends. But I think, um, I, what I've personally been doing, especially if I know their love language, I know how they respond to, uh, certain traumas I try to adhere to what they respond best to Mm -hmm. and it's it's a really crucial moment especially if like uh for your friends and if you say that you have friends who are are black and who are going through a traumatic moment right now that you listen to them that you'd speak with them that how they like to be spoken to and really just like care for them as a friend that if you know that they will feel better if they have um I don't know, someone sent me cookies today and that just really messed up my day. And it was my coworker and she knew that I love cookies. So she was like, all right, I'm just going to send you this note and something to make you feel better. And although it's temporary, but you know that you have a support system. Um, I played soccer with my other friends the other day and that's another release that we felt felt like was well needed. I mean, obviously things are temporary, but continuously making sure that your friend's mental health is is intact is something that's important and knowing that that's your friend and not being disingenuous. Yeah. That's so good. Cause I think that, um, what I hear is that stepping into caring for your mental health, but also stepping into caring for like your community, like your close friends and being, um, aware, aware of that. And, being an intentional. And I think that that is something that all of us right now can be a- thinking about doing, not just having the thought. Cause I sometimes will have a thought of like, Oh, I should reach out to this person, but following through on that. Um, because I think that I'll get scared sometimes of saying the wrong thing or like not knowing how, like, not knowing how someone else is really feeling. So being afraid to reach out. But like, what would you say to me, for example, if I'm like afraid, like, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I want to, kn- I want them to know that I, what would you say to me or like other people who feel that way? Um, I, I, I use a really great example that my, uh, one of my coworkers uh, messaged me today. Um, and I actually don't work with her. I 
we don't have the same boss. We'd never worked in the same accounts before, but we were in one meeting together and she heard me speak on mental health and how it's important and how I want all of our employees to kind of have that same opportunity. Mm. Um, and she just messaged me and she said, Hey, um, a friend of mine, and we compiled a huge list of, of um, mental health resources um, throughout the time and things that might, that you might find helpful. So I just felt like I needed to share with you. And something like that is like, you knew that um, I'm struggling with something and you're mindful of that. And here's how I think that I can help is, is, mm. is, really important and meaningful to me. Uh, I know that some people checked in and just said, hey, thinking about you, and I really appreciate that as well, but sometimes it just felt like um, they were mainly doing it to relieve their own guilt, which it's, it's sometimes you just don't feel like people care as much as they, they say they do. Yeah. And um, I, that's what I want to do for anyone, especially oppress groups um, who are going through a certain struggle. I would just want to check in on them and say hi and just make sure that just see where their head is at first mm -hmm. before I dive into like I'm thinking about you uh, yeah. jargon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's really helpful because I think um, we can have good intentions, mm -hmm. but and but that can cause harm sometimes. So I think just like, or it can be disingenuine if it is about me instead of about the other person. Um, and I think that like, we can feel that as like, you can, feel, you know, like yeah. it's interesting. So I think um, as, as you're talking, it's making me think like what I should do in reaching out is make sure like I'm not reaching out out of guilt to someone, whatever the circumstance, but out of a place of like, I see you, I love you, I'm for you, I want to hear your heart, how you're doing. Um, is that kind of how you feel or... Yeah. Um, or even if like some, sometimes I'll, I'm very like open now about with how I'm feeling and I try to just lay everything on the table. If you ask me how I'm doing, I will tell you, hi, I haven't been sleeping well. I haven't been eating well. Mm -hmm. And here's why. And here's why I want you to know this because I, I think you understand or you value the fact that like, I'm telling you this. Wow. Um, and some people I'm, I'm, not speaking for everyone of course but some people aren't strong enough to say how they're feeling but you mm -hmm. just know you feel if especially if that's your friend you feel that their presence is different that their energy is different uh -huh. um and it's it's not so much about just saying i'm here for you but just saying um okay like i know you and here's what i think you'd like and here's what i think mm -hmm. you'd appreciate right now yeah that's so good because yeah like stepping in for them like not just like, because you have the relationship with them, you know them and you know where they're at. And so being yeah. able, like when the question that people always say, like, if you need anything, just let me know instead yeah. of like, know them. So yeah. go, so get, get them the cookies. And the <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, if I need anything, you know that I need something. So what do you think you can offer me? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Cause it's like proactive. Yeah. That's, that's really good. So kind of in light of everything that is happening right now in our nation, what type of resources, books or podcasts or um, songs, I love songs, <laughs> like what, or um, yeah, or even advice, like what would you 
or what have you been thinking would be good for people to be able to read, listen to, um, conversation techniques. I think that's something too. So in any of that, like what, um, (laughs) there are a few resources I've been sharing throughout my, uh, well, Instagram, but I think I am really big on media. I'm really big on visuals and, and, someone being able to tell a story through just someone either watching or listening, which is so powerful to me. But um, Mm -hmm. I always recommend uh, if someone has a, isn't understanding what the historical context of everything going on, um, I always suggest 13th. It's on Netflix. It's uh, directed by Ava DuVernay, who is someone I really look up to, but it really just dives down into from the Jim Crow era of of political uh, sabotage on the Black community and until now and how everything has kind of overlapped and developed and and grown into different uh, different what's the word I'm looking for it's 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 growing to a different light um, than people have known it before. So people would say, well, things are different now. We don't use those words. We don't say these things, but they recreated, restructured um, forms of oppression and that people really need to have a better understanding of. Mm. Um, I really big into music. So I actually shared a pod, a, a playlist, um, Apple Music created, which mm. I think is really impactful on Blackout Tuesday the only thing that they had in their browse section was a playlist called For Us, By Us. And mm-hmm. it was um, a list of Black uh, musicians who talked about their pain or happiness or or the struggles and mm-hmm. giving you like a musical context in every form, whether that be R&B or hip hop, but like uh, just people who've created something in, in, in throughout their pain. Yeah. Um, and there are a few podcasts too, but something I personally like to listen to, especially for mental health that I, my friend told me about recently is um, a black girl, a therapy for black girls. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it really just dies in not into therapy. And it's not a replacement for therapy as either, but um, it just really dives in into how you can better know yourself as a black woman. Wow. That's so good. And I think that um, 13th is free right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can, if you have uh, Netflix, yeah. Yeah. Or even, um, I think somewhere they made it because I I saw a link. I'll have to look. I'll have to make sure I'm not just making things. <laughs> but like they have, it, is it YouTube? So there, a lot of resources are free. Like oh, right yeah. now, I've been see, like even if you don't have mm-hmm. um, Netflix. So I'll I'll double check on that to make sure I'm not just making things up. Um, because mm-hmm. I I don't have Netflix and I clicked on the link. Um, and it, oh, and I was able to start, uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I really like miss up, but that'd be, that's an amazing idea. I think that, that yeah. a lot of these resources should be free yeah. to learn right now. Just, is there anything that you feel like you would want people to know or to, um, either encourage or call to charge, like charge <laughs> them with to move forward or like some last words before I tell people how they can connect with you? Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of like uh, social activism, I guess you would call it, but especially encouraging my friends to get more involved in their communities that they're in. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of like organizations who are helping to um, 
with the helping with the advancement of black people and i think that we should take advantage of that and not kind of like bypass like things that are within our community and that's accessible um and i also believe that we should vote I, I and it seems so simple and like especially when you say hey make sure you go out to vote today but a lot of people that i know had have no context of who's running or who's who's um and not in a pres presidential sense but yeah. who their legislators are who their gov who what their governors are doing um who is the representatives in their districts and i feel like we should all have a, a strong knowledge on that because they're the ones who are making um policies in our community right right yeah i I agree. I am with you on that. I think it's important <laughs> for us to, because I, I feel like community, our communities are where we can really impact change. Being involved there is good. This was so, oh, before I was about to close, how can people get connected to you if they have questions, if they want to, yeah, they want to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is a little bit confusing, but it's welcome to Paris. So it's W-L-C-M-T-O and my name Paris, P-A-R-I-S-S-E. And I think that's the same across the board on Twitter too, but I've just been doing a lot of pushing, a lot of making sure my friends are okay, making sure information's heard. And um, I do a lot of fun content too. Yeah. Awesome. So all of this information will be in the show notes. So you guys can see the resources that she recommended and how to connect with her. And this was so fun. I love getting to connect with you. I would love to play soccer with you. But yeah, thank you so much for being on and sharing your heart with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you for talking to me and hearing me. <laughs> Make sure to connect with Paris by reading the show notes. Finally, I would like to invite you into a blessing. I'm going to invite you to open your hands in a posture of letting go and receiving. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you receive peace and joy today. Until next time, bye.